Damn, that's a big egg right there, man. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans. Cats are spiraling. Looking for some answers as November knocks on the door. Thorny, how are you doing tonight, man? You know, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Foley? <laughs> Not good at all. Not good at all. I came home. I had a good day at work. I was like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Started listening to some media. Started recapping the game, listening to a couple podcasts. Boy, I don't feel good about the Bobcats right now at all. So uh, I'm a little bit different than you, man. I am not feeling good. We got to be feeling good about the new piece of audio equipment we're you're recording on right now. You sound good. Thanks, man. I like it. It's it's pretty fancy. So yeah, we're looking. We're we're moving up in the game over here. <laughs> we might have the best sound we've had, but. Definitely was not the ga- best game the Bobcats have played to record our brand new sound. Ugh. No, not not the one you want to debut it on. Nice. All right, <laughs> let's do a little show outline. Uh, we're going to go into our beers. Uh, after that, we're going to go into, you know, uh, the news of the week. So, like, what did the Cats do in the polls? We're going to talk about Jeff Choate and his press conference today. After that, Ryan and I are going to go deep into this into the game from North Dakota, and we're going to uh, preview Southern Utah coming up in Bozeman this weekend. And uh, we'll we'll leave with some Golden Koozie questions. After that, uh, we have a buy or sell. Sounds good, and I think a few of the Golden Koozie questions might be kind of pertinent to what we're talking about, so we'll try and remember to ask them as we come across topics relevant to them, but no guarantees. We're kind of, if you haven't known by now, we kind of just freewheel it we we have an outline we don't always follow it <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish recording i'll look back on it i'll be like oh we didn't talk about we skipped this entire section but you know it's what happens hey some of you would think that thorny and i would just sit here just with nothing in front of us but we have we put a lot of work into, <laughs> into we do. this <laughs> we put a lot of work into it to pretty much ignore it when we start recording <laughs> anywho thorny <laughs> what do you got on tap tonight, bud? Stop the presses. I'm drinking an IPA. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> so I, I put some thought into this, all right? So I went and I was like, where's a beer that just speaks to how I feel about the Bobcats? This one's an optimistic one. It's called the Golden Grit because we need some grit. It channels the Golden Bobcats. It's the Golden Grit IPA from the Bale Breaker Brewing Company, which is located... Somewhere, I didn't even read that. Where does it say that? Yakima Yakima. Valley, somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm actually, it's actually pretty good. I was surprised. I thought I was going to hate it, but it's actually pretty good. What's the IBU? 60. Woo. All right. Yeah. Just getting up to, you know, romaine salad bitter. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I don't either. It's not, it's not very bitter in terms of leafy greens, I guess. Okay. All right. What do you got? Oh, <laughs> uh, he threw me for a curveball right there, Tony. I did not expect you to say that. Okay. I have Samuel Smith's Nut Brown Ale, and this is from England. 
It is from Tadcaster, England, Samuel Smith's Brewing Company in Tadcaster, England. So uh, I like nut brown nails. I was at this uh, little market over here in Spokane. They kind of have like a this niche one-off beer selection. I bought a couple of them. I'm going to talk about one of them in the buy or sell. But uh, this was the one I've been saving for tonight. It's pretty good. It's not the best nut brown ale I've ever had, but I'm not going to complain from a product from England. Well, I didn't even know Sam Smith brewed beer, so that's impressive. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> he can sing and brew beer. Multi-talented. Did you know that uh, Hanson has a beer called Mba, or no, Mhop? There we go. That's what it was. <laughs> Are I'm you dead kidding? Serious about, no, I'm dead <laughs> serious. Hanson has a beer called Mhop. <laughs> I hope that there's some listeners here young enough to not know who Hanson is because you're lucky. <laughs> Thorny, when that song comes on, are you singing? Yes. Of course you are. I, of course, I'm I am. not going to lie. Yeah, I'm going to sing it. <laughs> of course you are. I don't even really know what the words are, but I, I sing along. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> one, one of my questions is, how do you know about that beer? I have no idea. It was like came across my Facebook timeline years ago. It's been around for a few years, but... I just Googled it, HansonBrothersBeer.com. There it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did, they, did they start a brewery? Do they have any more beers? Or they must have. It? I don't okay. know. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> let's, let's move on from Hanson Beer. Okay. Good point. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the FCS poll. The catch dropped to number 14, previously number nine. That's um could have been worse. Could have been worse. I don't even feel like we deserve 14. How about you? exactly how I feel. I don't feel like, well, to just put it this way, I was driving home today. I was thinking about, about it. I was like, do you think the cats right now, right now, today would be anybody in the top 25? Yeah. Because there's usually peppered in like some HBCUs or some um, Ivy league schools. We could probably be <laughs> my view of the cats right now is definitely glass half empty. And that's how I feel. Hey, <laughs> so... Beer half empty. Remember that's how we, so we do it over here. So, yeah, I think 14's pretty generous. I had us going down to about 20 in, in my own poll. So, actually, I'm looking at the the top 25. Oof, looks tougher than I thought it would. So, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> not not feeling good about the Bobcats right now, but all hope is not lost. You know, time time can heal that. And so, well, let's hope that happens for us because it's you know, we always talk about having a little perspective after these losses or after the games in general. And so we sit on it Saturday. You know, we have the hot take Saturday between you and I, and then Sunday comes and it sits in our belly for a little while. And then Monday comes and we listen to Jeff Choate and some other people. And then we have typically a good perspective and we feel a little bit more even keel. I feel pretty bad still today. I feel like it's like a chili that's been brewing and I feel like more spicy than I did on Saturday. I'm actually kind of more upset. The more I think about it, the more I'm not happy about it. Gotcha. Well, we're, <laughs> we're going to get into that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the press conference that came out today, it, which to me, just the very first thing about the press conference was Jeff Choate spent lengthy amounts of time talking about just the loss, and he spent very little time previewing Southern Utah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the hot topic right now, but I still feel like there's a big game to talk about so it's kind of interesting they didn't really talk much about the game but I think most of the press questions too were about the loss I mean he kind of I mean that's what he does he comes out and talks for minimum of five minutes without feeling any questions and then all the questions today ended up pretty much being about 
North Dakota or um, just overall thoughts about the program. So it doesn't surprise me. Any kind of quotes stand out to you? He said it's a gut-wrenching loss. That one stuck, stood out to me, but that's pretty obvious. Um, he said a lot of things about play calling, about Matt Miller, about Kane Ione. He talked about not getting pushed into a box. And one, of the, I guess the biggest thing here, and I'm looking through my notes, he admitted to something that you and I have been talking about, like just playing not to lose. They need to start playing to win. And that was probably the biggest single thing that stood out to me in terms of like just quotes. Yeah, I totally agree with you. He really admitted that they got tight there towards the end, specifically in the second half with the offense and how he didn't come out flat and say it, but how our offense or our play calling uh, just got really conservative and we played not to not to lose the game. And it kind of showed up. I mean, I was thinking about that when we were on uh, the goal line. Uh, we're going to talk about that, you know, at length here a little bit about the punt and whatnot. But that that last kind of that sequence where we're trying to get out of the goal line and we run like four straight plays. Troy Anderson, you know, up the middle. Troy Anderson to the left. You know, not one of those plays did we try to pass out of there. And I'm just like thinking to myself, I was like, man, we need to get a first down right here. Man, it's just some of that kind of stuff. It just pops up in my head about how we just played conservative towards the end and not taking any chances. That one I can't really argue with, trying to throw out of the end zone when you're on the two-year line with Tucker Rovig and the way that the offensive line had been kind of letting guys through. Not sure I'd feel comfortable throwing the ball there either. I mean, that's just kind of a crappy situation. I mean, most teams end up punting when you're on your person goal from like inside the one, you end up punting most time. Yeah, I guess so. But I was just thinking, you know, they were stacking the box, obviously. They were trying to get as much pressure. If we did a fake handoff, like a, a quick play-action play to the dive, and then try to hit a receiver on the outside who makes one move. You just got to make one guy miss. He's got 90-some yards free. So it's just a little thought in my head. No, and then that's a, a play that we should be running a lot more than just <laughs> thinking about it on that specific play. Like, But kind of to your point, it's a play we don't run, so definitely don't want to bust it out for the first time in that game on that dangerous of a situation either. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Jeff Choate's demeanor in the press conference? Um, he was a little more, less fired up than I thought he would be. He was kind of mellow. Yeah, it was almost like he turned down the volume a little bit on himself. Yeah, I'm not sure if he got humbled a little bit and he was just kind of talking a little bit more humble or if he, I don't know, it just, I expect him to be a little more angry, but he definitely wasn't. Uh, I don't know if he's getting nervous, is not the right word, but I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you. Jeff Choate never comes across to me as a nervous man. so. He just seemed to me like he was withholding some information, maybe a little bit of frustration. One thing Jeff Choate does well is he always protects his his family. And by I mean that like the coaches and, and the players. You never see him assign blame to anybody else. He always shoulders it all. I think that's that's refreshing. However, it felt to me like he was holding back a little bit. You think he's holding back on some coaches, some players, or both? Uh, one of the times that I thought he was holding back. I think it was Brooks asked him a question about, uh, I can't remember, but he said, we're not last year's team, but, 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 but I have a lot of confidence in this year's team. I have a ton of confidence in this year's team. And I was like, I went, I went back and rewatched that a couple of times. I was like, I wonder if he was referencing last year's team. I was like, man, I wish I had Troy healthy. 
you know, I know he wish he had his choice healthy, right? But uh, that's going to be a topic of the conversation in this podcast. We're yeah. going to talk about the quarterback and Troy Anderson, but not right, not yet. I was wondering if he was kind of hiding, lamenting the fact that he wish he had last year's team. So that that's all I was thinking about. Maybe not even last year's team, or just the, maybe the the swagger and the toughness of last year's team. Well, he goes on to praise the toughness of the team later on in the press conference. Yeah, he so, talked a little bit about how the defense got their edge back, and I thought he was kind of um, complimentary of Kane Ione, uh, but he certainly was not of anything offensive related. No, not at all. And he, he said we need to improve drastically in our dynamic play calling. Yeah. For, oh, yeah, for sure. He was, uh, like I said, it definitely was kind of, he wasn't calling out Matt Miller, but he's, I, I could see he was, he understands that it's a problem. Yeah, for sure. He's self-aware. Thorny, let's just get into it, man. Let's just talk about our feelings about the game. Uh, let's do a little free-form talk right here. We'll kind of bounce off each other. We, you and I both have some topics we need to, we need to hit upon, but let's just go for it. So I'll let you start. All right. The first thing, uh, I know you just said that, but I, I typically start off with the stats. Really, there's nothing that just jumps out to me in this in the stats. The stats are almost dead even across the board, except you flip flop passing and rushing for each team. Total offense dead even at three sixteen. I mean, uh North Dakota turned the ball over once and we had the blocked punt in our own end zone. Those are really the only two differences really in the game. Don't really need to say too much else about the stats, except it was a pretty evenly fought game, but mistakes are ultimately what doomed the Bobcats late in the fourth quarter. Well, when I was looking at the stats real quick, it was almost like if you were just to look at that, you would think Montana State won in that game. We won the time of possession. They had a turnover. Uh, total offense was the same. Our rushing looks good on paper. We had 219 yards of rushing to their 60. Uh, they did have 256 passing yards. We only had 97. And third down conversions, we were 8 for 18. So we're doing a little better on there. Not quite at you know 50%. Um, but they weren't either. So they were at six of 13. So, I mean, it's like you said, it was pretty even across the board, but you know, the slight edge to me looks like besides passing goes to Montana state. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the stat sheet, the one key stat that would jump out, you'd be the turnover. Yeah. Bob said sure. four sacks, but they had three sacks. I mean, it was just a really hard fought game. It was just not a real pretty game. I just don't feel like we executed very well. And that's where the, the problems lie and where they have lied for quite a while um, and under Jeff Choate, in my opinion. Yeah, it's becoming a pattern for him, right? It is. It's it's a frustrating pattern that keeps rearing its ugly head is that Jeff Choate teams don't play to their level. They don't, how do I put this? They're, they're just prone to mistakes. They're prone to sloppy play. It's not always penalties. It's just not executing. It's, as he said in the press conference, playmakers didn't make plays well they don't always make plays it's like it's, unless it's Troy Anderson who else has consistently made plays in Jeff Choate's coaching tenure well I think you're being a little hyperbolic when you say that I can a couple players come to mind Jacque Allen being one who's on the team right now Braden Conkle being another I mean we could go down the line so I don't it, like to call out players but I don't I, I agree with some other people I've seen that like, Conkle isn't really playing at the level I was hoping he would play at this year. Not that he's playing bad. He's, he's still playing very good, but it's not, and he's not having like any sort of All-American type season. And I think that was kind of the expectation a lot of people had for our safety play this year. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we haven't had, I don't 
remember, well, Damian Washington had an interception. I think we maybe have one more interception on the year, but nothing like we were seeing last year. I think, I think we have five. <laughs> I was taking a drink of beer when he said that. I almost <laughs> laughed. <laughs> That was, was way off, huh? <laughs> I was looking at the stats earlier today. And I thought it was five, but I could be completely wrong. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking of, okay, so yeah, we did have Tyrell Thomas had that one at, in sack. Okay, but all right. They, well, they, just start to, they start to come back to you when you think about it. But <laughs> you know, the point is, you know, we're not a ball hawking group. Like we've only, we only have like, uh, we're in the teens and turnovers all year. We ended, we had a lot more last year. I think that was kind of the, I was thinking about the, the differences Jeff Choate was talking about of, last year's team going to the finish line, one of the things that really helped us get into the playoffs and make that late season push is we just started having a slew of turnovers forced. Like we went halfway through the season without even like forcing a fumble. And all of a sudden we had like four turnovers a game for like the last four games. It was just like this, the switch turned on and the defense just started creating turnovers. And that just really hasn't happened this year. Not yet, at least. We still have some time. I mean, we have four games left, four games that are guaranteed. There's some time. So let's talk a little bit about the game specifically. What did you think of the play? One thing I want to kind of talk about is the offensive line. What did you think of their play? I'm really confused about our offensive line because I don't know if we're putting them in the best position for themselves. When I say that is, what I mean is, our offensive line seems to be built for run blocking, not pass blocking. And... And we're, we're getting into this situation where we're starting to pass the ball more because our, they're stacking the box on the run blocking and we're not getting much or we're too predictable in our run plays, which is very, very likely, you know, we're just not mixing it up enough to keep the defense on their heels. And so the offensive line play to me has been masked by bad play calling and they just don't seem to have that edge right now. The whole offense in general doesn't seem to have an edge right now. And so that starts with the offensive line. No, I take that back. That starts with Matt Miller. It does. And I think a lot of what we're going to talk about, at least in my opinion in this episode, is just I'm laying a lot of the problems right now on the coaching staff. Yeah, 100%. And, and you, want to talk, you want to talk about the offensive line. Is it Brian Armstrong? I, I can't remember who's coaching the O-line right now. Yeah, that's him. I'm not sure what I make of the offensive line right now. It seems we have the talent, the size for a line that should be dominating but I saw at least two instances in the North Dakota game where I think it was the center, Zach Red, let a guy through on purpose. The right tackle didn't even do anything either. They both just kind of split, and the, the red seat parted, and the guy just went straight to Tucker Rovick. There's no running back back there. What's the breakdown there? Is he expecting a, a running back behind there to pick him up? Clearly, the center let him through. I don't know what the disconnect is, but that happened at least two times, and that happened in the sack state as well. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I and mean, I don't have an answer for that either. Like that's got to be coaching, right? That's got to be a communication. Oh, absolutely. That seems like a communication error for sure. It, it just it just seems like there's just breakdowns all over the place between the coaching staff. Like Jeff Jordan even said in the press conference, how they're going to maybe switch, what is it, uh, Brian Armstrong and Matt Miller are going to be maybe coaching up in the box together next to each other or down the sidelines next to each other. I can't remember, but he was talking about how he has them set up is kind of causing some miscommunication. They can't even get the play in correctly. Like this is, yep. this is way too far in the season to be having these kind of problems. No, no doubt. A championship level team would not be worried about this right now. 
this is not stuff you want to be working on this late in the season. This is crazy. <laughs> You're right, man. It is. It is really crazy. The thing that's bothering me the most, Thorny, is our play calling right now for specifically offense. It's just so unimaginative and so predictable. And and it seems to me like, you know, I am a sixth grade math teacher and you are whatever you do. Uh, (laughs) I won't say it out loud because I know you don't want to say, man, if I can sit there in my chair, you know, I'm not claiming to be smarter than Matt Miller or any of the, the offensive coaches, but man, like I know what's coming most of the time. You know, just given our formation, I can tell what's coming most of the time. And in the plays that we're seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of variety. It's the same plays over and over again. The play that just bugs me the most right now, the the one that just sticks in my craw, is when we pass uh, to the flat and we try to spring like Cassis. That play hasn't worked all season long. And I don't know if it's Rovig not just getting it out fast enough or our receivers not blocking or a combination of both of it. But we go to that so often <laughs> and it feels like it's like a two yard pass that uh, when it's completed it's two yards but then we get pushed back or something and we get like negative yards on it it's just this is bad all around but we keep doing that same play over and over again you know what in the first quarter two thorning turns out we hit a pass to our tight end Derek snell had a one reception or like two receptions for like 20 some yards or something like that we completely went away from that like, where did that go? And I think that goes back to Jeff Choate saying, you know, we got conservative playing not to lose. But why aren't we using our tight ends? I mean, just Matt Miller needs, he's getting right now a D, a D minus in my estimation in his play calling. It is, it is really bad. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it at all. It is, it is bad. I mean, Jeff Choate basically talked about in his press conference, how we've been kind of painted into a box. It's like, Things have, haven't worked out great, and instead of like keep working on them, it seems like we just keep our playbook keeps shrinking and shrinking every single week until it's like, like you said, the same thing over and over, pretty predictable. And to go back to that throw to the flat, you're talking about turning to spring casts. I think that actually is maybe on Tucker Rovick. I just don't think he gets that ball out fast enough. That's a real quick take a couple steps back and fire it to the flat, and it's like he kind of tries to look off the defense or something. I just need think that needs to be a quicker strike before the defense even has time to adjust to the play. Yeah, but, so set up your guys for success then. If you know that Tuckerovic's having trouble with that play, then why keep running it? I mean, it just makes no sense to me. As a teacher, I always try to put my students in, you know, in the path of success. You know, I want them to struggle because then in the in the struggle, they're going to gain confidence and they're going to gain success and they're going to gain experience. You know, it doesn't seem to me that Matt Miller is putting his players in positions to succeed. I mean, look at look at what we put on tape so far. Why isn't Travis Johnson having a lot of success right now? Well, it turns out we're running the same damn plays over and over again when we give him the ball. So what do you think defenses are doing? Well, it turns out they're creating packages just for Travis Johnson. Travis Johnson is not the prolific guy we've seen since NAU, right? Where has he been? Was he hurt? I don't know. He might be banged up. Uh, Coulter Nuan has talked about today, you know, he thinks he is banged up, but because MSU is just running them into the pile, the defensive pile, every single play. I just don't see any imagination when it comes to it. You know, we talked about this last week about Troy Anderson taking the ball, and we're going to talk about Troy Anderson more at length today. But 
when Troy Anderson has the ball in the offense, it's the same play over and over again. Why can't he be handed the ball in the backfield? Why, why isn't Travis Johnson and Troy Anderson in the backfield at the same time? This stuff that seems very logical to me, very obvious to me, is not happening. And why not? It just seems really, uh, really, really obvious. And I'm super frustrated right now with our lack of creativity. No, we talked a lot about, about uh, this, how there's, there's no reason that Troy Anderson can't just play running back. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Troy Anderson go back to quarterback, but no, it's can't. not going to happen anyway because he's got that big old like brace on his arm from a sh- shoulder surgery or whatever it is. I can't remember the injury, but Troy Anderson is not going to throw the ball anytime this season unless it's maybe one off trick play type thing. So having him come back at, at Wildcat where he keeps the ball 100% of the time. And you have like Tucker Rovick out at wide receiver. What's the point? Why not have Tucker Rovick take the snap and he can hand it off to Troy. He can pitch it to Troy. He can do a play action to Troy. Oh, or he could do a wheel route wheel route. Remember that we talked about that. Remember those, we could do one of those to Troy Anderson. Like I oh, there's so many things we could be doing just basic things to at least try it up, to try and mix it up. And we're just not doing them. And the playbook is just getting smaller and the, I think a lot of it is the tape is out on Matt Miller and he doesn't have Troy Anderson to kind of help him make him look good at this point. And I don't really know what the answer is, but he's got to, Matt Miller's got to get back to the drawing board. So I think an answer, something that would really help Matt Miller would be getting Tucker Rovig into a small passing game, rhythm throws super early, a little tight end throws, you know, tight end goes up the field, five yards, splits or splits right, splits left, just easy completions. Like Tucker Rovig seems like such a confidence guy. And if you don't give him that confidence, it, he just really struggles. He really struggles. So I think that the confidence is more, issue is yeah. a lot along the entire offense though. And I just think everyone's just kind of like chose the same play not to lose. And it's kind of starting to seep in and I'm getting concerned that it's going to continue. Like if, if we don't rebound it against Southern Utah, I mean, this. I mean, obviously, if we lose to Southern Utah, the season's over. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not even confident that we're going to go into Southern Utah and have these issues plague us and get beat by a really bad football team. What, what do we have on offense right now? What would you do if you were Matt Miller? I mean, it's you just got to start unleashing your guys. All right, you got to just let them have the confidence to make some plays. Uh, I think Choate needs to give Miller the confidence to call some plays. I I know Matt Miller has more in his playbook than what he's showing. Why he's not taking it out is a question that I don't know the answer to, but there just has to be the confidence across the board to let the guys make some plays, take some risks. We can't just keep getting more and more conservative and more and more timid, more and more playing not to lose. Everyone's afraid to make a mistake. No plays will ever be made that way. That's just going to be run for five yards, run for six yards, run for zero yards. I mean, that's just that's all we have right now, and I don't know how to fix it, but you just got to get some confidence back. Got to get the swagger back on the offense. Yeah, we need some new looks, and that starts with Matt Miller. Do you think Jeff Choate micromanages the coaching staff? Hmm. I think about this a lot. I go back and forth. So I'm really undecided on it. 
Like uh, today, so today I was watching the presser, right? And he he gets heated when he talks about this. He's like, you know, I try to let Matt Miller call the plays he wants to call, unless I tell him we're gonna run this play. So the inflection in my voice right there mirrored Jeff Choate's. And so I'm like, he gets intense when he says that. So I'm like, I wonder if that's happening a lot. And then he went at length and talked about, you know, I I don't feel comfortable with the offense as much as I am with the defense. And so, yes, I do feel like he meddles with it a little bit because I think Jeff Choate uh, has some major issues on control <laughs> in letting his, uh, his coach his coach. Oh, how yeah. many offensive coordinators is this now? Is this the third one or the fourth one? I think it's our fourth one. That's I, that's not a coincidence, in my opinion. Especially you, a guy like Courtney Messingham, who came here and had butted heads, couldn't get things going, and now he's on, what, Kansas State? Went to North Dakota State, won a couple of national championships with, with Coach uh, oh, Jesus Snyder, I can't remember, whoever took the North Dakota State to Kansas State job, and now he's down there. So that's clearly not uh, a Messingham issue. I mean, We've there's always bad like a, fits, but is everything a bad fit with Jeff Choate? <laughs> we, well, it's it's really interesting. It's like if you really sit and think about Jeff Choate in our offense, we've been in like quarterback purgatory for so long. Since Dakota Prukop left, it's been like the weirdest, but the most worst scenario of having a quarterback. And... <laughs> I think I feel bad in a little ways for Jeff Choate, just given the fact that how this all has happened, right? I mean, if you look at the arc of our quarterbacks, and, and you spelled it out so well for us last season in one of our episodes, it was great. But like, we are handcuffed by who we have. It's four years into this thing, man, and we still don't have we don't we still don't have a traditional quarterback. And I don't know why. I mean, so, I mean, think about this too, Thorny. Just, I'm just getting a little heated and I'm starting to jump around. So I'll, I'll end it with this. If we had Chris Murray right now, this thing looks completely different. And I just think Chris Murray takes us to the new level right now. But yeah, that's neither I mean, here nor there. We're, we can't lament Chris Murray. But I mean, it's just a, it's a weird situation that we're in. No, he just doesn't seem to be able to get a serviceable quarterback, passing quarterback. And the other thing that's been confusing me a little too is like, what kind of offense is Jeff Choate trying to run here? I think he kind of fell in love with the plus one running quarterback look, but then he recruits two six five six six rocket arm type quarterbacks who are not immobile, but not plus one threats like we've been having. So like... Is he recruiting the wrong quarterbacks for the system he's kind of fallen in love with? It's it's confusing. I don't even know what we're trying to do anymore. It's so confusing. Yeah, it's almost like this plus one running game has become Jeff Choate's mistress. And it's just like, well, he didn't really want to get in bed with it in the first place, but it was it was pretty good when he got in there. And now all of a sudden he's like, well, what do I do now? He's, it's, like, it's almost like he got caught. And like you're like, oh, man, what do I do? Because I, you know, if you if you put me to to the nails and you asked me if Jeff Choate wanted to have a plus run running game when he was hired, I don't think he did. I think he wanted to be uh, more like NDSU, run the ball, be able to pass it when we need to, um, or like Boise State, right? So I think that's really what he wanted. 
I don't think he wants this right now, but n- now we're into it, right? So <laughs> it is what it is. And in some weird way, the Chris Murray to the Troy Anderson offense that we had last year just has put us behind the eight ball. We haven't ever been able to get out of it. And just the lack of production from Casey Bauman to Tucker Rovig now, I mean, he was just in this weird spot that we just are just like, man, we just, we need a break in offense. We need something that works. And right now our offense is just so putrid. Take those guys, take Travis Johnson, take Troy Anderson, and put them in the backfield. Yeah, right? I mean, amen to that. Why? Why are we not? You know, what, what would happen to a defensive coordinator if you're looking back there and you see Travis Johnson and Troy Anderson in the backfield and Tucker Rovig all at the same time? Turns out that would be kind of scary, right? And then throw in any one of our running backs in the diamond formation back there. <laughs> Especially like a healthy Logan Jones or, I mean, ideally Isaiah Infonze, but I just don't know if that's ever going to happen this season. But yeah, Logan Jones back there or even Demarius Hosey, like that's a crazy looking formation. And this this is where a guy like Tucker Rover, Casey Bauman, they don't have to be elite speed to be able to execute that and then themselves keep the ball for five or six yards. That's perfectly fine. That's a good play. It's a great first down play. It seems too often our first down play this year has been incomplete pass or that pass you're talking about. We throw it out to to Casey or Casey Cassis, Kevin Cassis, and he gets like hit for a yard loss and it's second and 11. We run up the gut, get stuffed and it's third and 11, third and 10. I'm so sick of seeing that. So predictable, right? It is like, all right, first down didn't work. Let's run up the gut. Well, that didn't work. Well, punt, I guess. <laughs> Might as well just punt on third down. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Calm down. <laughs> you know, I think our listeners this this week are going to be fired up just as like we are, and they're probably going to be yelling in the background. Yeah, and what about this? <laughs> that's what I I've been saying. I mean, that's what I. That's kind of where I hope we always are. Is we're kind of like the medium voice on Bobcat Nation, the Bobcat fans, where we're not too crazy, we're not too optimistic, we're kind of right in the middle. It's always been my kind of my theory, where just the people can get on board with what we're saying. That's, I mean, Thor- that's, I'm fired up though, right, right now. Like, I'm I'm trying to be calm, but I'm, I'm pretty upset. Yeah, you and I are, we're both feeling that. I'm, Thorning, in like, let me- I'm in podcast voice mode where I'm not shouting. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten better at trying to be a, a calm, Voice. Thorny, I got to ask you a question, man. How do you think the team is feeling right now? I would like to say pissed off, but I don't know. I I don't know if they're starting to have some doubts creep in themselves because it's a confidence issue, if it is, a swagger issue, like they just lost that edge. I don't know if they're pissed off anymore. I don't know if they're starting to actually have some doubts that they have the ability to play to the level that they've been led to believe they can play at this season. I don't know if they're, I don't know, I don't want to go so far as to say that they're maybe starting to not as be bought in on Jeff Chilt's culture. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I don't know how they feel right now, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's just pure anger that we lost. I think they're starting to feel some other things. Jeff Chilt prophesied that this would be the win big season, and that's the first thing he's been really wrong on. And so how do you, how do you stomach that? I want to first... We've been talking a lot here. This season's not over. All right, we could win out, and we could win every game by three scores, and the win big will be just fine, and this little two-game skid will be a blip on the season. 
Good point. So it's 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 easy to kind of throw the towel in right now, or at least have an extremely bad look. But there's still four football games left. Plenty of chances to right the ship. I don't know if I have any confidence we will. But the point is that it's still there, and we win the next four. And this this entire conversation, this episode, is just garbage, right? <laughs> well, we were in the same position last year. We were, yeah. I mean, this is very eerily eerily similar to the Idaho State game last year. Oh, absolutely. The major difference is we had a healthy Troy Anderson at quarterback that could will the team to a win. We had a healthy Troy An- or Travis Johnson who provides support, and I don't think we have that right now. So it's it's going to have to come from somewhere else. I still think Troy Anderson is part of the solution. He has to be part of the solution. I mean, he's just a difference maker, but we need to play him at tailback. He can't throw the ball. Like you said, he had that that shoulder injury he had surgery on. He's not going to be able to throw the ball. He needs he needs his touches at this point. And in my estimation, we need to limit him on defense. He had two and a half sacks on Saturday, one of his best games as a Bobcat on defense. But if we're playing him on both sides of the ball, I think he has the most impact right now on offense. We need to be able to get the ball in Troy Anderson's hand. But we got to do it through something else besides the wildcat formation because they know it's coming. I mean, at the very least, if we're going to do the wildcat formation, give the ball up. <laughs> all, both all the quarterbacks that operate the wildcat keep it 95% of the time. That's not well, fooling anyone anymore. Well, so, of course we're not going to give the ball up because Troy Anderson is only getting the ball maybe like 10 touches in the game, right? And so yeah. he's going to take... All of them, of course, he is. So if he if he is the quarterback, you know, then he can give the ball up. But you know, he can't throw. I mean, he physically can't throw right now. What if he turns around, tosses it to Cassis, who's coming in the backfield behind him, runs down the sideline to, and Cassis finds him wide open? Matt Miller would never go for that. That's too exotic. That's not exotic. North Dakota ran that kind of play like seventeen times against us. Yeah, I was tongue in cheek on that. <laughs> <laughs> if Bubba if Bubba Schweigert is calling those kinds of plays, um, freaking Matt Miller can call a couple. Yeah, Matt Miller. Granted, really I guess we kind of do that kind of stuff because we 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 have a lot of different guys taking snaps back there. But yeah, it's like Troy Anderson in there. One of these times he has to be a decoy, doesn't he? Like one time, you would think is he going to give the ball up one time in any way, shape, or form? Please, like have Demarius Hosey back there next to him, right? I mean, Hosey, that one of the bright spots to our game last last week, by the way, you you do your own imagination of what kind of pairing you want in the backfield. And it's pretty much better than what we've seen right now. Like, okay, a couple years back, it was three years back, we were running that diamond formation, specifically in like the Cat Grays. I mean, that, that thing was almost in, unstoppable. Yeah, but you have to realize Chris Murray was operating that and he was phenomenal he's better than anyone on the roster by a wide margin at operating that kind of because the diamond formation is basically kind of like an option run yeah it's this it's the option out of the spread do you think so, any one of the guys on the roster who takes a snap can pitch it we saw Anderson pitch the ball last year it was not a fun thing to watch <laughs> no but pitching is not that hard and i say that i say that I mean, I think that the <laughs> Montana State Bobcats are proving a lot of things are pretty hard, fully. <laughs> a lot of things you didn't think were hard, we're making them all look pretty friggin' hard. Okay, so 
Can, let, let me touch on that real quick because I'm I'm about ready to done and move on to Southern Utah. I don't understand the proliferation of the mistakes that we keep seeing. To me, it doesn't match up with the message Jeff Choke preaches and has for the last couple of years. You would think his teams would be more mentally tough. And turns out we're really not. And I don't understand that. Are we not prioritizing that in practice? Is it is it just kind of all coach speak at this point? I don't know. It just seems very frustrating. I'm going to like, disagree with that statement. That. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was saying, I'm going to disagree with that statement pretty hard. I think we are mentally tough. I don't think we're focused. How do you differentiate those two? Because the team doesn't quit. They don't roll over at any point, and they keep fighting, and they keep playing their hearts out. That's mentally tough, in my opinion. Now, I, focused is also mentally tough, so there's a couple aspects of that. But the, the, the sloppy play is focused. I don't think it's necessarily the mentally tough aspect, at least in my definition of mentally tough. Okay, I can see your point. But, you know, like special teams, we really sucked it up on Saturday, right? And that whole debacle at the end was just embarrassing. And for Jeff Choate to be some some special teams coach, I mean, that just looks bad on our team. I know uh, BJ Armstrong is our special teams coordinator right now. That's the Man. thing that's kind of boggled my mind is Oof. Jeff Choate is a special teams guru. And then this year we've taken a huge step backwards in special teams play. Yeah, you know, just mistakes in general, man. It's just, it's just really disconcerting. I want to talk about a few of the mistakes from the game. We've hardly talked about North Dakota, the game itself. First, I, I want to say that uh, we're not going to spend too much time here. But I do want to actually give credit to North Dakota. I actually thought they tackled extremely well in space. I thought they were a very good tackling team. Their coverage is pretty good. They have a pretty good offensive line, pretty good quarterback, and some big physical receivers. So I don't want to take anything away from North Dakota. So this is not a bad football team we lost to. But there's really no reason we should have lost that game, in my opinion. Johnson, the, the, the obviously the biggest play that everyone's going to think about immediately is the blocked punt, touchdown, game over, boom. What about, I mean, this is obviously one people talk about too, Travis Johnson dropping an easy touchdown pass. Not only does that give us, obviously, seven more points, that changes the complete mental dynamic of the game moving forward. That was early on in the game. That gives Tucker Rovic confidence. Maybe that gives Matt Miller confidence, like, all right, all right, we can hit these kinds of plays. It opens the playbook up more. Instead, we have a beautifully executed pump fake pass. How beautiful was that route? How beautiful was that fake? It went right through his hands, the most perfect ball Tucker Rovick has ever thrown his entire life in stride. Whew, didn't, it didn't even look like it touched his hands. It, the ball didn't even slow down. <laughs> it's like a perfectly, it's like a perfect swish where the ball just goes right through the net. Yeah. I just... It, that changes the complete dynamic of the game if we catch that ball. Even if he catches it and trips, it doesn't score a touchdown. It still changes the entire dynamic. First drive, we get down there, we get we get three points, right? We I, I didn't mean, see we, the first drive, so Pluto TV was not working. Well, first or second drive, you know, don't quote me on that right now. So, but right on, right before that, we we kick a field goal, we get three points. So if we if we pour it in right there and get seven. And then get Travis Johnson. We're looking at 14-0 all of a sudden. 14-0 feels pretty good if you're the Bobcats on the road against North Dakota. Completely different mindset. Completely different mindset on two, basically two plays right there. It just seems... Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, like the Cats aren't mentally strong enough right now to bounce back from that. And so I disagree that the Cats are kind of are mentally strong. They seem a little like 
to me, this thing is like a mental hurdle. Like, like I tweeted out on Saturday, the cats need to get their swagger back. They need to have their like edge. They need to, I don't know what it is. They're just missing it right now. Yeah, yeah. They need to go back to that play and hit it again and say, you know what? I'm going to do this and watch me and then nail it. Travis Johnson has had some big misses <laughs> this year. He's, he's missed a couple big balls. That reminds me exactly of what we did a handful of times last year. We talked about it on this podcast. We'd run a deep route on someone, didn't hook up, and we'd go we hit the go back at the same defensive back on the very next play. Yeah. We did that multiple times last year. Okay, we didn't hit that to ro- to Johnson on that one. Go right back at him. Give him a shot at it. Yeah. I agree. Or get Lance McCutcheon who's gone invisible. Get him the switch it out. That's what we did last year. We'd like run either Johnson or McCutcheon first at the DB, 30, 40 yards downfield, come back line of scrimmage, get a fresh wide receiver over there, and then just beat him over the top. Man, if you're Lance McCutcheon right now, are you going like, hey, guys, I'm on the team? <laughs> like, what? Lance McCutcheon is a physical specimen. Why are we not getting him the ball? That is just absolutely wrong. I feel bad for any wide receiver on our roster. Oh. <laughs> It's like we have to. It's like we have to get our touches to Cassis. We have to get our touches to Johnson and Lance McCutcheon is going. Well, what about me? Well, you know, Coy Steele shows up in this stat sheet, and we have Mark Estes now. Where's Lance McCutcheon at? <laughs> like this, this whole I don't year. Know if I've been, seen his participation. I don't know if he's hurt or something, but it just seems like yeah, that's a weird thing that he's not out there really at all. Ah oh, man, it's just so weird. Our offense is so weird. It's probably one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm so frustrated to watch the Montana State Bobcats on the offense. I've, you know, to be honest, Thorny, I just got to be straight up with you. I keep thinking back to him like, man, I kind of wish Cramsey was still here. I hated that offense because we scored so much and then our defense sucks so bad. But I just want to score some points now, man. Like, I, I just, I have the itch. I just need some, I need some big scoring games. I just want to light some people on fire. Cramsey was cutthroat too, but that guy would just go at you. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, the window dressings he made was just so." He was he was he was like a play caller, not unlike um, Troy Taylor. You know, he just kind of maybe cut from that same cloth, but just a little bit different philosophy. I agree with that. Uh, a couple of things though, we're talking about mistakes. Kind of circling back to that. How big was that? Like, I think it was a delay of game that pushed us out of field goal range, or made that one a lot harder for Bailey, the one he was short by like three yards on. Yeah. Was it a delay of game that was mm-hmm. is the problem there? Which is unacceptable again this late in this season. How do you get a delay of game? Just how does it happen? Or why don't we call a timeout right there? You know, if, if Jeff Chochis is going to hit zero, call it, man. It's just it's just silly things like that. There, you just you scratch your head. You're like, where's our head at? You know, why? It's just it's very frustrating. Do you think um, Cassis should have fielded that punt? The Absolutely. last punt that bounced down to the half yard line. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually, before the ball even ended up where it was, I saw him like running up and I saw the ball hit behind him. And I'm like, why didn't you feel that? And then, of course, it rolls right down to the worst possible scenario you can possibly imagine. But I was just like, I don't understand why he, why he didn't feel that. I just, I don't understand. It's, I mean, people make mistakes, but it just seems like we make a lot of them as a team and they all just kind of like stack on top of each other. So, Thorny, this this game comes down to like four to five plays. If we make one of these plays and we win this game, what's the narrative of this game? Is it that is it that that the Cats are overcame adversity 
and grinded out a win in North Dakota, or are we still complaining? I think we're having some of these same conversations, but we're not having the sort of the negative connotations with the whole entire thing because the narrative's probably that we just beat a good North Dakota team at home who beat two ranked opponents and it was undefeated previously at home before us. And that's another thing to consider. Like they're an excellent team at home, but it's, it's also super frustrating to me that this is the product of a bye week. Like we, we took a bye week to figure things out and come out and look even more inept on offense than we did against X state. Like that is just mind boggling to me. Like what, what do we do during the bye week? I know what Jeff Choate did. He told us in the press conference, he worked. Well, well, geez, what did he say? More extensively with the defense. Yeah, he worked with the defense. And actually, the defense kind of played a little bit more nasty than they had been. Um, Better. Still not where the level they had been earlier in the year. But I thought the defense did not lose us the game. They only allowed that trick play touchdown. So Jeff Choate's influence may or may not have really affected that. But the offense did not look any better at all. And that's just frustrating that we had a bye week to prepare for a team. We come out flat. Uninspired and flat. and just. No swagger, like you said. There's just no, just no it factor. There's no confidence. Yeah, you know what the cats really need to do. They just need to flush this. They need to flush the last three weeks. Feels like the cats haven't won a game in like a month. <laughs> like they just need to flush this, and they just need to get back to being who they are. And that's a tough nosed team that can run the ball, that has swagger, that has confidence. And they just need to go play the game. They just need to go have fun and play the game. So, I mean, we got Southern Utah coming up, which is, by all accounts, one of the worst teams in the Big Sky Conference in many different categories. You know, we have a real good opportunity to get back on track. And so I'm looking forward to this week being, you know, Cats getting back on track. You, you know what, Thorny? If we don't, if we really struggle with Southern Utah, I'm not throwing in the white flag. I'll never throw in the towel or wave the white flag. But, man, it's it's not looking good for us. No, it's a perfect opportunity for a rebound game. You really couldn't ask for a better setup for it. A historically bad team currently on a, well, like they've won like two games out of the last 21 contests or something like that. A team that's pretty pedestrian run defense. Like There are a lot of good matchups that you like to see here. It's at home in Bozeman. This is about as good of a rebound game as you could ask for. Even if we win this game and struggle mightily, if we win this game like 17 to 13, I don't think it changes how I feel about the team. But a win's a win, and it keeps us moving forward. But it's an absolute, absolute must win. And maybe one of the most pivotal games in Jeff Choate's career in terms of how is the team going to respond. This is going to define us right now if we can't get this done. Jeff Choate's seat becomes pretty hot, in my opinion. Well, I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think we're going to stick with Jeff Choate for a while, and I think we should. I think you should always give the the coach or anybody in a position time to grow. No, I don't think four seasons. I don't think four seasons is a good enough sample for what we can accomplish underneath Jeff Choate. So you do not think Jeff Choate? I wanted to ask you this earlier, and we just didn't get to it. Has Jeff Choate peaked? No, I don't think so. And I think uh, it's because just like the weird circumstances we've had with our quarterbacks, I think if Jeff Choke gets his true quarterback, the one he really wants, and then that becomes the norm, yeah, I don't think we've peaked. I don't think 
I don't think we're at where we're supposed to be right now. Uh, but it's been some weird quarterback hell that we've been living in since, uh, you know, Dakota Prukop in some weird circumstances that's always just plagued us for some odd reason. No, I don't think Jeff Cho has peaked. But I have thought about that. I have contemplated that exact same question myself. Yeah, but no, I don't think he has peaked. I don't think so either, but uh, a, a loss at, to Southern Utah at home on a three-game losing streak might be the worst loss I can possibly think of in the Bobcats in a long time. Well, we, that hasn't happened yet, Thorny, so I'm not well, going to... But I was yeah, asking I'm, you a hypothetical. That the whole point was like, if we lose this game. Yeah, no, that would be <laughs> it would be devastating. It would really it'd really be devastating. So yes, uh, I don't know what our offense is going to do. Um, one thing I do know about Southern Utah is shuffles they, notes. Uh, shuffles notes. Yeah, you can hear that, right? <laughs> um, they are twelfth in total defense right now, and they're last in rushing defense right now. That plays good into our hands. So last in rushing defense out of 13 teams, you know what we like to do. So that's our that's our strength versus their weakness. I like I like our shot right there. Do you have faith in Matt Miller to exploit uh, defense's weakness? Absolutely not. Matt Miller is. <sighs> I am a patient man, but man, that guy has showed me nothing this year. And I talked about him last last. I remember if you re- remember last podcast. I mean, I got heated about <laughs> talking about Matt Miller. I am not impressed with him at all right now. So no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he. I don't know if he's too nervous calling plays or if he's not seeing. But man, like I feel like telling him just the other day, like just go have fun, man. I watched you play ball at Capitol. You know, I'm a wrestler. I'm I'm from CMR. I'm a Great Falls kid. I used to go to those games. I I would travel to watch CMR play Capitol. And man, that guy could tear it up. I mean, think back to like the kind of fun you had back then. I mean, your offense right now is not too different than what your high school offense probably was. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, it is not a ring right? endorsement. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But go have some fun, dude. I mean, hey, if Matt Miller's going to get fired after this season, you might as well go down and swing in. I mean, the, the knock on him right now is everybody's seeing it is too conservative, too predictable. So go change it up. You know, when I'm teaching a lesson and it's going bad, I don't go back to the well on those bad lessons. I'm like, I look at it and go, hey, what did I do? Why wasn't this working? I might take some data from the kids and you know, make some informed decisions. That's what Matt Miller needs to do right now. He needs to look at the numbers. He needs to look at his tendencies and go, you know what? I can do better because he can do better. I'm sure he's a good guy. I mean, everybody raved about him as a wide receivers coach. Jeff Choate says the players have all the respect for him and the confidence in him. Well, I don't know if Jeff Choate's doing some Choate speak. I don't. I don't think a lot of people right now have a lot of faith in Matt Miller. And so go prove us wrong. You know, be a gamer. That's who you are. I watched you at Boise State too. Turns out I was over in Southern Idaho teaching when I first got my first gig. I watched him over there too. The guy's a gamer. It's in his, it's in his you know, DNA to be a gamer. And so that goes back to the question you asked me, Thorny. Is Jeff Choate hamstringing Matt Miller? <laughs> he, he very well might be. This might be on Jeff Choate all, all of a sudden. So yeah, that, that could certainly <laughs> be a factor into it too. Like I, I don't. I that's a good question or a good answer on your part. Like I, I don't know if I have faith in him either. But you answered it pretty, pretty elaborately, and I agree with you. Like I, I don't have it right now. But 
there's plenty of room for him to come out swinging in this game. Yeah, just to wrap up that thought, I don't think Jeff Choate is hamstringing Matt Miller all that much. I think Jeff Choate's waiting for Matt Miller to arrive. So well, He's got to give him the room to do it, though. He's got to give him room to spread his wings. No, good point. I, I, maybe he is. I'd see, that's the thing that I go back and forth in my mind. Is he or is he not? I don't know. Whatever's working, whatever's, whatever's going on right now, you know, Jeff Choate. So I'm going to pause right here. Jeff Choate, in previous press conferences, everything he's talked about, like getting better at, he did get better at. You know, we were struggling with defense for a while. So we got better in defense. He really talked about the offense today. We've been struggling with that. That is going to be a focus of this week. And he knows it. I mean, he Jeff Choate knows he's, their backs are against the wall. They got four games left, right? They need to go uh, three and one in those four games to have a lock in the playoffs. I don't think seven and five gets us in, in the 12 game season. So you need to have, you got two games coming up. You got Southern Utah, you got Northern Colorado. Then you can go over to UC Davis, and then you can play the Grays. Those those two games, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, should be should be wins. I mean, we're going to be favored in those, right? Unless we lose to Southern Utah, and then we're going to go to Greeley, and then Greeley's just a weird place, whatever, right? Whatever. But if we go into UC Davis with two wins in our bag, you know, those last two games, I mean, those are coin flips in my book right now. So. He knows this. He's going to pull out all the stops. I hope he does. And uh, we'll see where it goes. You know, let it ride. Throw the dice right now. You got to let it ride. I feel the same way he has to apply to Tukarovic, man. Don't, I don't know if the play calling is doing it, but, you know, man, just get out there and just spin it. What's the worst that can happen? You have to throw an interception, throw a pick six, but, man, you just got to get out there and just game, man. You just can't be afraid to throw the ball. I, the, this team has to come out there and be the one doing the punching. I feel like we've been the one being punched the last few games. We got to come out there and just reassert ourselves. Yeah, just play, man. Go out there and have some fun. You know, play with some toughness. You Look at what you have around you. You have one of the best off- offensive lines in the FCS. Trust those guys. You have some dynamic receivers. Get the ball to them. You know, have some conversations with your coaches if you don't like the play calling. I don't know what's going on. We just need to loosen up, play faster. I'm not, not even play faster, just... Man, just go for it. They just need to go for it. I don't know how to say it better than that right now. I don't know how to say it better. I think I feel like we're starting to get a little redundant here, so maybe we start uh, moving on a little bit here. Um, okay, I'm ready. There's not much else to say about Southern Utah. Like you said, they have the worst rush defense in the conference. They give the most yards per game and the most touchdowns. They do have the number one passing defense, but I want the stat that kind of jumped out at me. They have the worst or the lowest pass attempts against. So basically, teams can run the ball against them. There's no reason to pass. Hopefully, that plays into our strengths. Like I would feel that way four <laughs> weeks ago. Not sure I feel that way anymore because North Dakota wasn't a great rushing defense, and they had some guys banged up on the defensive line. Didn't run the ball that well against them, but they did get a couple guys back. So that's kind of an unspoken thing. They got like a stud cornerback back, and they got their stud defensive end back, and and that Mason Bennett guy that we talked about last week played. So <laughs> there there wasn't as depleted as they as we thought, but. This is a game that lines up well for rebound. It's a huge game. Let's get it done. No, absolutely. Confidence game coming up. Maybe the you Cats know. do play better with their backs against the wall, as we did last year. We lost to Idaho State, and we went on a tear after that. Maybe that team, maybe this team is the team that just needs that mentality, which I don't like, but here we are. <laughs> right. Well, the, the things I'm looking for for the Cats, play with some swagger, some diversified play calling on offense. Honestly, if I see that, I'm going to be happy. 
Agreed. I agree. All right, Thorny. Let's move on, man. How about that? Sounds good. We're over an hour. Already? Holy smokes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, it was, it was a fired up episode. We had a lot to talk about, and we're very passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. And the funny All part right. is we, we probably only spent like three minutes talking about the North Dakota game. Oh, man. <laughs> Sometimes when you just got to talk, you just got to talk. And yeah, I, man. We apologize. No All regrets. Right. Yep. Let's go. All right. Buy or sell. You ready for this, Thorny? Oh, yeah. All right, man. You're on the hot seat. Let's First do something question. positive. Let's do something fun after that big, huge <laughs> bitch fest. <laughs> well, I wrote these last night when I wasn't feeling too good, so... Oh, no. We, oh, we no. might dip in that well, but I do have a fun one at the end, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Number one. Choate's biggest flaw is his ego. Sell. So, do you want me to elaborate? It? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I think his inability to get his team mentally focused. And that, I don't know if that's micromanaging, but his teams are just sloppy. And I think that's his biggest problem right now is it's a player that his teams are just consistently mistake prone. I don't know why that is, but I wouldn't say it's anything to do with his ego. All right. Uh, so, okay, there you go. Number two, if it was my decision, I'd be starting Troy Anderson at quarterback. So went on to talk about how I'd love to have any one of those playmakers we have in the backfield, but regardless, I'm having Tucker Rovig under center. Gotcha. Number three, I have doubts Choate is the guy for MSU. For the first time since he was hired after this game, I started having some doubts creep into my head. I'm going to say I don't have doubts. I don't remember how you phrased that. I don't know if I'm buying or selling it, but I don't have doubts yet. I'm not willing to say I have doubts. That'd be a sell. Number four, cats go three or one or better in the last four games. Oh, these are hard ones, man. These are all hard. And you had time to think about them and you're putting me on the spot for every one of them because you don't provide these questions to me in advance ever. Well, this why buyer sell is so fun, man. It's fun for you. I'll say it again. Cats go three and one or better in the last four games. Buy or sell. Sell. Let's sell it. I think we okay. go two and two. And number five. Okay, hold on real quick. If we go two and two, are we making playoffs? Possibly. The way I see it. Oh uh, no. No, we don't. If we lose to the Grizz and UC Davis, no, no playoffs. Okay. Number five, I've had a peanut butter flavored beer. Uh, false, self, didn't know it even existed. Okay. All right, Thorny, you're off the hot seat. Number one, Foley. Choate's biggest flaw is his ego. I think I'm going to buy that. I think it gets in his way of allowing his coaches to coach. And um, I don't know. I just I think his ego is something he just kind of struggles with. Number two, if it was my decision, I'd be starting Troy Anderson at quarterback. I'd sell that. I think I'm still going with Tucker Rovig, but um, Troy Anderson is in the backfield a lot, and he doesn't even need to touch the ball, but he just needs to be back there at this point. If you see number fifteen in the backfield, you got somebody's attention. So, use that. Okay, number three. I have doubts Choate is a guy for MSU. I'm going to sell that. I think Choate is a guy for MSU. I believe in uh, allowing people to progress and get better. As Jeff Choate said, you know, in his press conference today, he believes the same thing. And if he's not, then maybe it's time to do something else. I still think Choate is a, a work in progress. Number four. Cats go three and one 
or better in the last four games, I'm going to buy that. I think we go exactly 3-1 in the last four games. And last but not least, I've had a peanut butter flavored beer. I have to buy that. And I had one. I had a peanut butter milk stout this week. And and uh, it was disgusting. I was going to save it for <laughs> the cat cast. I opened it up and it was bad. And I, I, I had my wife took a drink. It was <laughs> it was bad all around, man. It sounds horrible. I was recommended it by a couple of guys. I think they had it on nitro, which made it would make it smoother. But man, it was you couldn't put it. It was like putting lipstick on a pigment. It was just bad all around. So no. I mean, one of the best combinations in the entire planet is beer and peanuts, but I don't know about peanut butter in my beer. No, it's it, there's one out there right <laughs> now, and it's uh, I'm not going to name it, but just don't do it, dude. It's not good. All right. Uh, bold prediction, and then we'll close it with some uh, golden koozie questions. You and I will both pick one golden koozie question, and then we'll pick a winner, and that's how we're going to do that. Bold prediction, Thorning, what do you got? Tranerson takes a carry at running back. Like, seriously? <laughs> what, is that Dude. yours? No, like, that's the lamest bold prediction I've ever heard. Has he taken a single snap or carry at running back this year? Oh, good question. Well, uh, then, well I rest right, my right. case. I, I retract my statement. <laughs> yeah, We spent, like, okay. half this episode talking about wanting to see Tranerson at running back, so I make a bold prediction, we'll see him at running back, and you mock me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. right. Last, uh, last bull prediction for me uh, is my bull prediction is we get our swagger back. And that's, that's something that you, can't really, you can't really calculate that. That's just got to be an opinion based, but that's going to yeah. be my bull prediction. We might have to take a third party into deciding if you win your bull prediction or not, because that's very subjective. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Driscoll Cat, this is, this is going to be you. <laughs> our impartial third party if we get our swagger back or not because I'm keeping score this entire season of our bull predictions I didn't know that Am yeah I I'm winning? not but I'll go back okay. and do it <laughs> please we should do. be keeping like track of that we should keep a track of that that'd be fun alright let's move on to our golden koozie question alright I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick one from Cat Backer number one on Bobcat Nation he says it's a two-part question. If we played at NDSU this weekend, what's your game plan? Well, we'll start with that. What do you think, Thorny? What, what's our game plan if we play the Bison of North Dakota State this weekend? I have no idea. I think trying to go toe-to-toe with what they do is not going to work out for our favor. So I just think you have to... Yeah, I have no idea. I so, can't think of a single way that we can beat the Bison right now. I've been meaning to talk about this a little bit. Jeff Choate says in his past couple press conferences, you are who you are at this point of the season, um, and you're not going to be that much different. So, And that's kind of like it, paraphrasing him, right? I don't really believe that at this point of the season. I know what he's saying, but I feel like that's a little bit of a fixed mindset, and I'm a little bit more of a growth mindset kind of guy. I think Jeff Choate is too. But he's not in that. And so if I was playing North Dakota State this weekend, I would show some completely different looks, um, some different packages. Yep. That's the only and, way. Yeah. And not be who we are because on offense, we're what, – what have we scored in the last two games combined? You, you texted me. It was like 33 30 points, I think. Yeah. It's ugh, yuck, right? I mean, <laughs> our, our defense is pretty good last game. 
uh, we we started at Blitzmore, and <laughs> you and I had called for that. That that looked good. So yeah, okay. But yeah, I would show some completely different looks that would disguise some of the things we do well. In the second part of the question from Cat Backer, number one, why does Foley drink so much Missoulian beer and should it be considered treasonous? <laughs> he did say that he wasn't sure if he's talking about the right Ryan. He has to be talking about me. Oh, really? Because I, I previewed a Missoula beer last last week. I, so let's both answer this for both of us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he did say Foley, so that is me. So... <laughs> But he did say, yes, I believe this is the correct Ryan. Uh, I'll start. Um, why do I drink so much Missoulian beer? So catbacker number one, to answer your question is, when I can find a Montana beer over here in Spokane, I jump on it. You know, I miss my, Mon- I have my, I miss my Montana. I miss Montana. I just miss my Montana. I miss Montana. I'm a Great Falls boy, um, North Central Montana. Anything that reminds me of Montana, I'll jump on it. So being over here in Spokane, the proximity to Missoula, we just get more Missoula beers. And you know what? I, I really like Bitterroot. Bitterroot said down in Hamilton. Um, you know, I still love Moostrol. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll stand by. I think it's more of a distributing thing. That's normally what we get. I don't see any Bozeman beers on the shelves over here in Spokane. Totally would buy them if they were. I just don't see them. Well, part of it for me is the fact that my family's in Missoula, so anytime I drive back and I'm able to procure myself some Montana beer, I'm in Missoula, but I just happen to think Cold Smoke is probably the best beer on the entire planet. Sorry to say it. And I also love a lot of the stuff that Byron does. So, And uh, to Foley's point, the only Montana beer you'll find on the shelf out here is the Big Sky. Big Sky Brewing. You'll see Moose Drool. You can get Moose Drool anywhere out here. So, yeah. <laughs> Either between going back to Missoula and also liking some of the Missoula beers and then only having Montana beers available out here from Missoula, except for Montucky Cold Snacks, which I don't even believe is brewed in Montana, but it is a Montana company. Uh, Yeah, sorry. I love Missoula. They have some good breweries, and maybe that's treasonous. I don't know. I don't think think drinking good beer is treasonous. (laughs) I don't care. I won't. I won't. I actually am a little superstitious. I won't drink it for Cat Grizz or anything like that. I don't want to jinx us in that way. So well, don't worry I, about that. Yeah, I believe that too, man. Yeah, no, there's 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 a but, lot yeah, of for, weird for, things. On a Monday night after getting our butt kicked by North Dakota, you know, I'll, I'll drink a cold smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I drank one before we did this podcast, before I busted out my IPA. Nice, man. Did you pick a golden koozie? Do you want to read one or uh, do you want to stick with Catbacker? The one from Camel Cat says he was wondering about the new wrinkles in the offense this weekend. Was the quarterback draw with Tucker Rovick? Was this a play put in that we saw an opportunity on game film against North Dakota's defensive line and linebacker play? Or was it more out of necessity due to injuries that have taken a toll at our running back position? I absolutely believe that was something the coaches saw on film that we could take advantage of, something we hadn't really done. And uh, Jeff Choate talked about how aggressive they were how often they blitz how their defensive line stunted and did that kind of stuff so there's going to be some gaps and i think they saw some opportunity there with rovig to exploit it and considering we don't have any other sort of screen game or draw play that was what we're going to run and it worked out pretty well so i think that was just a game plan Uh, i don't know if we'll see it again next week but yeah i think it was nothing to do with injuries to our running backs no i totally agree 
Thorny, do you remember Don Bailey? Yeah, sure do. Don Bailey loved the screen. He loved the quarterback. He loved it. He loved the screen. He loved the draw. I'd kill for some draw plays. The delayed <laughs> draw, man, that's one of the football plays I've always loved, and we <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. Jeez, I know. There's crying tears back here, man. All right, Thorny, take us out. Oh, who do you want to pick for Golden Koozie, man? Catbacker, Camel Cat? Um, I like the North Dakota State question. It makes you kind of think outside the box. Nice job, Catbacker. Catbacker, get get at us, man. Woo! Golden Koozie, get back at us. Uh, send me your contact info, and I'll try to... Uh, I won't try. I will get that Golden Koozie he to will. you in the mail. He's I never sent missed out one three yet. of them. No, I meant I sent out three of them last week, and um, they're awesome, man. It's it's pretty cool to see them popping up on the social media hashtag Golden Koozie. We appreciate it. It's fun. All right, yeah. Well, thanks again for listening, everybody. I want to talk about the beginning. I kind of forgot to talk about. Like, this is something that we just do for fun. Like, this is just something we enjoy doing. We will continue to do so, whether we have anyone listen to us or not. Really, I guess it's something that we do for fun. But we've tried to continually hone our craft and make it, you know, as enjoyable for you guys as we can. I just want to say, even after a loss, this is fun. It's just fun to talk football. And I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening to us again. All right. Well, that will end the show for us. As always, find us on Twitter, RRCatCast, Bobcat Nation, under the recurring thread, which we have, I guess, a couple now. We have the R&R CatCast one and then kind of a golden koozie one going. Other than that, thanks again for listening, and go Cats. Go Cats.